There are many ways people listen to vision, including through a PC at work. When you fire up your computer at work, go to vision.org.au slash listen and click the Vision or V180 Listen Live buttons. You can also catch the latest Vision National News Bulletin and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts from the same page all while you work. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Friday, we like to have a Culture Watch segment with Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg, who has been writing about something particularly significant this week. He's called an article, Gospel and Culture, What Goes and What Stays. And interestingly, in the article, he takes church and divides it into maybe a grouping of three different groups. Bill's back with us once again today. Bill, welcome back to 2020. Always a pleasure. Well, Bill, we might say every denomination could be different, but there might be people within denominations that might be grouped in the way that you're grouping people. I wonder, though, if we just start off, uh, the thoughts that you might have around the change that we experience in church life. And we're going through some cultural changes right now, and churches are changing too. What do you mean by a changing world and an unchanging gospel? Uh, Well, a lot of things do change, of course. Cultures change, societies change, we change, but some things don't, right? God doesn't change the core gospel message doesn't change. Um, you know, the basics of the faith don't change. But how do we, with an unchanging gospel, relate that to a changing world? So partly in terms of, you know, things like worship and how we, you know, do church. Other things like how we present the gospel, you know, uh, seeker-sensitive services and all the like. So there's different things that can be adapted, that can change, other things that must not change, like the gospel. So that's kind of the whole focus of this recent piece I did. And, you know, I'm kind of writing within our own evangelical world, which is probably what most of your listeners are. But yeah, it can apply to other groupings as well. And so these kind of three classifications I use are a very broad brush, not uh, you know to be set in stone, but it can help us to kind of deal with some of these issues. Well, let's talk about these three categorizations that you're talking about. And uh, for listeners, we might be able to put ourselves in the picture. You're mm-hmm. talking about some who you can categorize as fundamentalist Christians, others who you say evangelical Christians, and putting yourself into that one. And then there's the progressive Christians. Uh, Some will have some difficulty with the terminology here, but what do you mean by those three categories? Yeah, well, again, more or less within our broad camp of kind of probably mostly Protestant evangelical, although you could apply some of this, I think, in you know the Catholic world, probably in the Eastern Orthodox world. But here I have mostly in mind, especially the last few centuries, and, uh, well, fundamentalists, which well, I'd probably still be at home with as well to some extent, simply goes back 100-odd years 
when you had a very liberal gospel, the social gospel, a number of liberal theologies. So Christians who believe the Bible, well, they actually wrote a series of books called The Fundamentals, right? Simply affirming basic fundamental Christian truth, right? Deity of Christ and so on. So they became known as fundamentalists. Today, the term is in a pejorative sense often, but it just means, hey, we affirm biblical fundamentals. Uh, evangelicals have been around since Wesley and Whitfield, but more recently, they kind of grew out of the fundamentalist movement of the 1910s and 20s. So by 1930s and 40s, you had, you know, things like Christianity Today, Billy Graham and so on. So most of us know what an evangelical is. The progressive camp is more the kind of religious left. They not only can be pretty radical on politics, uh, kind of radical on theology, uh, so they can be a bit fast and loose. They may not affirm at all the fundamentals of the faith. So those are the three broad groupings that at least last couple of hundred years we can speak to. And then I tie all this in with, uh, all right, how does this relate to culture? So I give three very short and sweet uh, statements, so maybe I'll read those out. If you keep the message and the methods the same, right, how you present the message, well, that's kind of what we might call the fundamentalist Christians. If you keep the message but are willing to change to some extent the methods, well, that's probably what we call most evangelicals today. However, if you're happy not just to change the methods, but actually change the message, the very gospel itself, well, that's probably would put you in this third progressive Christianity camp, which I've written about before. So when we're talking message and methods, we're talking mm -hmm. about the gospel, and some people might even uh, interpret the gospel differently with a different reading of the scriptures as well, and I imagine that comes into some of these groups. So you've got the message as the gospel, methods, the way our worship looks uh, you know, whether we're meeting, I mean, this might be the case, uh, whether we're meeting in someone's living room or whether you're meeting in a commercial or industrial uh, shed or whether you're meeting in a modern church or whether you're meeting in a cathedral, I, I imagine some of those things come into uh, the way you might group yourself in here or what you might be drawn to. Does that make an, any any sort of impact if you if you just break it down to where you yeah. think and what you think Christianity should look like? Yeah, well, that's kind of where I'm trying to head at with this piece. Uh, we all know or should know the gospel doesn't change, right? We're sinners. We need salvation. That's why Christ came. But in terms not only of worship, but how we present the gospel, say, to newcomers, if you're trying to bring in non-Christians to the church, how much can we change or make it kind of like the surrounding culture? right, to attract believer or non-believers and yet still keep the gospel. So, the, you know, all kinds of questions now, some of the, many of the modern churches, right, the kind of black walls, the smoke screens and the almost the disco feel, you know, done in part to attract non-believers. So that's kind of what we talk about methodology. So we have bigger picture things like, well, we used to have the seeker-sensitive service, right, which is still there in some places, others have kind of had questions about it, even the whole uh, mega church, you know, is this a really helpful way to go? The bigger, the better. Is that a good methodology or 
could that detract from the gospel? So I kind of tease this out a bit as well in these three groupings, right? The fundamentalists might even say we should stick with one of, you know, one version of the Bible only, right? Maybe only have the KGV, right? In our worship, we we don't allow modern translations as a part of our church service. Well, you know, that's, if that's where they want to be at, they can. Uh, there may be pros and cons. Uh, I remember years ago, in fact, 50 years ago when I was newly saved, uh, another hippie friend, we were given King James Bibles, and he was, well, he was having troubles reading, period, but boy, the King James really threw him off. So for him back then, simply to get a newer translation, that probably would have helped. So that'd be just one example. You know, even some might say silly questions. Should we allow electric guitars and drums in our worship? So those are kind of the issues that maybe fundamentalists versus evangelicals might differ on. But again, more of it would have to do as, as well with how do we bring in uh, non-believers and how can we best reach them with an unchanging gospel message. You might be uh, firm on the way you do the methods, uh, or you might be even progressive on the methods of what you do. But I imagine, Bill, that the message becomes very important here. Because lots of people say, well, we do church differently to when I was a child, and I know it's yeah. changing because now I'm getting older and things are changing, and, and church is now aimed at a younger generation, and things yeah. look a little yeah. bit different. Uh, but the yeah. message, I imagine this is the really important part of the mm. equation. Mm. What are your thoughts yeah. here? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, as we say, the first two fundamentalists and evangelicals both agree, hey, the gospel is non-negotiable, right? This is not something you try to improve or make no, more trendy or more uh, relevant. The gospel remains the same. Again, the old, old story, right? We are sinners headed for a lost eternity. We got a big problem. Christ came to deal with the sin question. Faith and repentance in Christ will bring us into a right relationship with God. There's things like heaven and hell right? All core uh, Christian basics. Those cannot change. Uh, sure, you can tinker on the edges with secondary matters, you know, uh, types of church government, how we understand eschatology even, or baptism, different ways to baptize perhaps, but the core has to stay the same. So on those two basics, uh, again, fundamentalists, evangelicals, we're, we're as one. They will differ somewhat on the methodology and what we do in worship. But again, this third group, the progressives, they're happy not just to change radically the methods, but they are sadly often happy to change the gospel itself. And that's an area, obviously, I wouldn't go in. You wouldn't go in, and I suspect most of your uh, listeners as well. Bill, around some of the more recent issues that the church has been dealing with, uh, like marriage, uh, like sexuality, uh, like ordaining uh, particular yeah. people into leadership roles, uh, so yeah. many denominations have either got a... Uh, you know, they're, they're polarized because there's one element that says this is a biblical truth and there's others saying, hey, we've got to be a little more progressive in the way we do things. Uh, yep. Some churches have even gone through a split and they've got various groups within that are named different names these days. Uh, when this actually, where the rubber hits the road, Bill, um, does it come around an activism or sometimes the social justice warrior that is armed with a new 
type of message, uh, even around woke issues. Is that really where the rubber hits the road? Well, I think it often is the kind of determining factor is to if you're still in the first two camps or you've moved into the third. And again, you say gospel core issues have to stay the same, but I would think some of these social issues are almost part and parcel, right? You mentioned marriage, uh, you know, the whole homosexuality debate, now the whole transgender debate. Uh, generally speaking, all the progressives are quite happy, right, to fully run with the trans agenda, the homosexual agenda, whereas the evangelicals, fundamentalists would say, no, this is still pretty much core, fundamental Christian stuff. If God created us in the beginning as male and female, and Jesus reaffirmed that, the church is modeled on the marriage uh, picture of man and woman, uh, right, wife uh, husband, that's uh, something we can't really start playing with, even if we want to try to draw non-believers into our church. So yeah, it really, it does kind of reach into some of the core social, cultural issues of the day, and that can be the dividing line. And as I say in my piece, it's not just kind of us in the evangelical world. Most of the other uh, big groups would deal with this. Uh, just briefly think of, say, the Catholics, if you know much about them. There can be a split between those who want the more traditional Latin mass, for example, and those who are, you know, get rid of the Latin and let's be more contemporary and trendy. So again, th those kind of discussions and maybe battles uh, can happen in other major Christian groupings. So uh, yeah, it's not just within our own evangelical camp, but it's really something we just need to think about. What is the core gospel that we cannot tamper with but what are some of the extras, maybe in terms of worship or how we do church, in terms of bringing in non-believers? How much of that can we kind of adjust, play with a bit, and yet not risk changing the gospel itself? And Bill, this deserves another whole segment on its own. But if I say, well, I'm really on either the fundamentalist or the evangelical part of the equation. I really do have a problem with the progressives, but the church I'm a yeah. part of is quite pro progressive. Do I stay or do <laughs> yeah. I go? And uh, yeah. that actually deserves a longer conversation too. But is there an easy answer in a nutshell? It is another discussion. A short answer would be, yeah, there's often two main options, stay and try to reform it, try to bring it back to where it should be, or if it's so far gone, Sometimes your only option is to leave, right? And we've seen Bible colleges, churches, whole denominations go one or the other direction at times when there's a real kind of conflict going on. So, yeah, that's another big thing to think and pray about. So there's those three positions, the fundamentalist who keeps the message and the methods the same. And there's a dogmatism in there and uh, there's something that won't be moved. Then you've got the evangelical Christians keeping the message but changing the methods and in some ways updating what you do without losing the essence of the truth of the gospel message. And then you've got the progressive Christian, change the message and change the methods, and that one has a lot of risks associated with it. Bill, I'll point listeners to your latest article here and they can have a read for themselves and uh, take in things a little more deeply. It's called Gospel and Culture, What Goes and What Stays. 
an unchanging gospel in a changing world. You'll be able to find that at BillMuhlenberg.com or simply Google Culture Watch One Word. Bill, thanks so much for another great update today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.